There is a notion that if you want to become a good photographer, then perfect compositions and great lighting will be your best friends. And this is true, but the intention, why you making the image and your relationship with your subject are what make good photographers great. Belgian photographer Bieke de Porter is one of those great, if not one of the best, photographers making use of the relationships she is able to establish. Her unconventional approach to the presentation of her projects and the way she pushes the limit of the medium are just a couple of the things about her that have fascinated me for quite some time. And I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to her about this and much more. Thank you for listening or watching. Thank you for joining me today. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. What's your view as a documentary photographer on making the work for yourself against making the work that has an impact? Um, you know, the balance between those. Um, for me personally, um, I think the, the work I make, like my projects, like in the beginning, when I start to make them, I don't think about an audience and it's it more comes out of an urgency to make it. Um, like I also never think, oh, this is going to be, I, I will make a project about this or I'm going to make a project about this. It's more like that I pass people and then suddenly like it becomes like we photograph, we work together and suddenly it becomes part of my life and it turns out to be a project that I'm <laughs> then also like making a book about it and exhibitions. And of course, the audience, audience is important for me. Otherwise, I would never show the work. So it would be, it wouldn't be right to say I'm just doing it for myself. Uh, uh, wait, I, I, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, <laughs> but like, I, I feel like, for example, yeah, for example, my latest work on Agatha or uh -huh. my collaboration with Agatha K. Um, now your show, we have a show at CEO Berlin together. And I feel like I got some emails from people saying that they feel related to her and or they share the same doubts with me as a photographer or with Agatha as a person and then I feel like it kind of has some impact on people and <clears throat> yeah I think it's special and I feel honored that people feel connected to the work and that they sometimes identify with me or the subject so um but it's never my first goal but of course if you make a book or if like there's like a switching point, you know, you make mm. the work, you make it, you make it out of an urgency and then suddenly you think you will show it to people. So then you have to think about the audience, the audience is entering and you have to think about like, how get I, like, how can I show the story so people understand what I'm mm. trying to say? And then once the audience comes in, for me, it's not the ending point. Then it's another part of the work because for me, like an exhibition or a book, it's not like an ending point but it's just mostly it's like in the middle because when the audience comes in uh, there's another conversation that starts and another conversation that happens and it often has is influencing the work okay and uh, regarding the yeah. audience uh, do you think it's possible to be honest as a photographer <laughs> honest uh, what is honest you know <laughs> like because there's so many yeah what do you mean by honest <laughs> i mean maybe the balance between your vision and you know the mm -hmm. document itself you already mentioned uh, the agatha and in uh, in the magnum course which uh, by the way is is pretty awesome uh, you mentioned Thank you. uh you mentioned <laughs> exhibiting a photo of uh Agatha with an old man and then you mentioned how mm -hmm. you were kind of conflicted of you not being a part of uh, the photograph and then later decided to change that and include the whole sheet uh, of the photos so you know people can see yeah. you were part of uh, the scene yeah um, of course there's difference stories there's different truths and there's like i think the photographer has a lot of power in what image or what story they show 
to the audience like and often and it's true like with Agatha I'm really exploring this and I'm in my work I'm commenting on this like for example the story you mentioned if I had an exhibition at first with the work um, we made together I always showed one image of that uh, moment so Agatha, like maybe I can tell the story shortly, like Agatha and me, uh, we were in Beirut and we were working and we were like, it was our last night and we were walking on the streets and we met this older guy um, uh, who was a hairdresser and he was cutting her hair and there was like the sexual atmosphere or like there was this tension between Agatha and the guy that was very uncomfortable for me. But anyways, we went inside of the room uh, to check our haircuts cuts, and suddenly they were starting to make out and Agatha looked in the camera. I was photographing it. Agatha looked in the camera and she's like, she asked me like, Bika, do you have the picture? You know, like, do you have the image? And for me, like, it was like a very, I don't know how to react. I, I actually wrote about this. Uh, it's also in the, in the book about how I felt during that moment. But when we had an exhibition, initially, I only showed one image of that scene. And it was like, I I don't believe in being a fly on the wall, but I pretended I was kind of not in the room. So I chose the image that Agatha was not looking at me, that the guy was not looking at me, and that I'm just like kind of objectively like photographing the scene which is not possible of course and then reflecting on that moment and looking through all my images I took of that moment if I would show this to the public or to the audience or like if I'm honest and like just look at it myself you see that Agatha is looking into the camera the guy is looking into the camera there's like and you can start to like you can really question, you know, like do are is Agatha doing this for me? Is she performing because I'm photographing her? Is she doing this because she knows I'm going to show this in an exhibition? So I don't know. There's like a different layer to the to the to what I was showing in the first place. And so I was saying like we have a lot of power because like we, we show our story and we show how like we kind of, as photographers, we kind of decide how we show the people we photograph. And with Agatha, like, like with the book we made, you know, the book is uh, Japanese fault and there's like perforations on the sides. And it's especially to talk about this, like on the outside of the pages, you have the first story, like the story the photographer I would tell normally, like it's single images, uh, it's more beautifully, like, I don't know. But if you rip open the pages, you see a different truth and, and like an alternate, an alternative version of the, of the story. And All it's right. more <laughs> the sexual, you know, like the sexual images, but also images that I, I didn't want to show of myself that Agatha took of me. Uh, it's also notes of Agatha reflecting on the story. So you really see a different kind of um, of story. And for me, it's up to the viewer. It's not only the photographer, you know, that has a responsibility to show the whole story or not, but it's also up to the viewer to make a decision of if they want to know more, if they want to dig deeper as well. Okay, so, I see. Uh, I will get yeah. to to the Agatha in a in a little bit. Let's just go a little sure. bit back and talk about yeah. uh, exhibition. Is it something, or are the exhibitions something that you use to progress your project? That kind of you know maybe influences how you maybe continue with the project or how the you know the the finishing thing, the book, is going to look like. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, yeah, as I said, I don't see an, I don't do an ex, like I often show the work when it's still in progress. So the exhibition really influences the work because I don't think we should ignore the audience. And then it's all about having a conversation, I think. Uh, um, and so, yeah, it's definitely influencing, um, but also making the book, like, for example, it's another work, but I was 
the like the book process is also influencing the work like <laughs> because you stand still, like because you kind of stand still and you think about okay now i'm going to show the work but is this really just like then you're like in the process of making the book and then you're like really like think like is this really the story i want to get out is this like the reality like do i want people to see the images like it is like for example with my book in egypt as it may be where i was uh photo like asking people in egypt to spend the night in their homes and this way i entered in the intimacy of the families and i did this during the revolution so it was a very complex time to like to do this also because of cultural reasons, religious reasons, like people didn't often let me in and photograph them. So it was very complex. It kind of worked <laughs> off and on, but then I, I was home and like I was editing the book and putting, I thought it would be just like a photography book with single images like my previous books. But I realized when I was making the book that I was really an outsider you know, and that like, I couldn't stand the idea that people would look like to like at the images from their mostly Western perspective and um, that the complexity of the country wasn't visible. I could also only photograph lower class people. And I felt like the tension was not visible in my images. Uh, so, and I actually made a book of a country that didn't want to be photographed. So I felt very confused about this. So then I canceled the publication and I went back to Egypt asking other people to reflect on the images and to write their, um, their thoughts on top of the, of the photographs. And this way I also wanted to include, of course, people that never want to be photographed. But for me, this was like the bookmaking process made me realize that I couldn't show the project like it was. So yeah, just to answer your question, you know, <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> thinking about the public and thinking about showing it is definitely changing the work. Yeah. I think this book, especially like uh, bridges the gap between exhibition and a book, right? Because those exhibition influenced um, how the book end up, um, you know, being, and then uh, just to, give a little bit of context this is like a third book not in a series but maybe in this in this style of of document you do when you um you know spend a night uh, in in the homes of mm -hmm. people and um the first project you did was your uh, graduation project uh it was called umenia and it took place in russia the second one i'm about to call it a day took place in the states right and yes this one the third one uh this one the third one it took place in mm -hmm. egypt this is like a not a typical presentation of a project right because usually when you see photography book it consists of you know photographs maybe captions or something like that um This one also include notes of uh, people writing, you know, on on the photos during uh, during the exhibition or on your dummy books. Uh, did you feel like including those would, you know, better communicate uh, the idea uh, to to you you already talked about it to not only present the Western point of view. Uh, mm -hmm. And how do you perceive this balance or maybe this tension between art and document? Um, well, to f answer the first part of your question first, um, for me, well, it's a, it's a good question you're asking because normally in my first books, I really saw like in Umenia or I'm about to call it a day, no text at all. There's maybe an S, but there's no text about like no context. It's I, and I really saw them as images and I, I wanted people to interpret the images the way they wanted to. Like, you know, they could like see the images as they wanted to. I, I also I I saw it as my point of view. I saw it as my relationship with the people and I didn't mind so much what people would think. And I loved that 
you see an image and you know you can fantasize about what's happening before or after and you let you can let the fantasy go with egypt with my work in egypt it was different because there was at first i had i thought it would be the same kind of work same kind of book but because of the tension in the country and because there was so much going on I felt like I couldn't ignore this, you know. Um, there was also it was also very difficult to photograph. Um, journalists and photographers were uh, like there was like even advertisements on TV that they said like that I could like that photographers or journalists would be uh, were possible spies so that people couldn't um, like they they couldn't trust people. So there was this whole tension of mistrust and like actually wanted to gain the trust in a place that was no trust at all and I wanted to photograph in a place that there's not that that's not really possible um I saw so many beautiful <laughs> I don't know I, I I met so many amazing people there and I don't know and some and I don't know I I, I felt like I couldn't like leave it to the interpretation of the people to, to, to look at the, like to interpret the book like I did in my previous books because there was so much going on and I wanted to, I think I had the feeling that I wanted the Egyptian people to talk about their complex country by themselves. And um, so that's why also I, I went back and like people start to have, like when they write onto the images, they start to have, uh, conversations about religion, about the revolution even. Uh, like people don't really talk, like dare to talk about revolution when I was there or about politics because they were afraid. But in the book, you can kind of feel the tension, which I think is important that it's not just, you know, beautiful images of of uh, Egyptians. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that some people maybe didn't like it uh, by the comments. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah, uh, many. <laughs> you know, and how did it influence you as a, you know, creator, as a photographer when you, you know, you probably used to get uh, like feedbacks, but when someone straight up writes, you know, you shouldn't publish this shot or this can never be published in Egypt as some of them uh, some of them did. Yeah. W was there an impact on, on you personally, you know, presenting a project and someone telling you, uh, I don't like it? Uh, no, I, I um, expected this uh, comment. And that's also why I wanted to do this, because um, I, I, I was in a, like, when I went back to Egypt, I was in this moment in my career year or life that I was really doubting about the medium and what it's telling and um are is it is it fine to just as an outsider go to another country take images take them back home publish it you know and so um I was really thinking about this and and for me engagement is important it's important to not just like steal images of people and do something with it but then at the same like I was already reflecting on this and that's why I wanted to spend the night in people's homes and not just take images on the street but still I mean I have my doubts about what I'm doing and um, having this conversation with people uh, and then also show it to like in the book itself not necessarily having answers but like Asking the question, I think, is important for me and have the conversation is important for me. Um, the people who are in, like, in the photographs um, know I was making a book and I was photographing them and I would show it for an exhibition. So I'm not like, I'm fine with, the, with those, but uh, of course, everyone can, has an, can have an opinion on what I'm doing and I like to have a conversation about this like there's one 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 woman writing in the book and she's saying something like you have left this moment you have taken a picture of our family but you you didn't you never really experienced the moment um you just were here for like just a short moment of time and that's true 
you know, I, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and was it published so, uh, in Egypt, the book? The book is published with three different publishers. Mm -hmm. So Aperture is doing the international publications. So it's available. Yeah. It's available. So, so it but, would be allowed yeah. because I think it includes, I wouldn't say like nudes, but it also includes from religion standpoint, uh, things like, yeah. you know, uh, a woman without a scarf and, you know, some mm -hmm. things that people perceive as a, as a bad thing in Egypt or they actually wrote it in the book, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but in Egypt, there's also Christian people. So it's not that everyone has to have a veil on. So, um, or everyone needs to be covered. So there's different, like, like not everyone is covered. So that's fine. Um, uh, I have some, I, I always uh, like it if people of Egypt send me a note or email or they mm. talk to me about how they think of the book. It's very special. <laughs> uh, I never had an exhibition there, so I would love to have uh, an exhibition there with with the images and see what would happen. Yeah, yeah so just I to give the, the context, the writing was on the, on the dummies of the book, right? So you went uh, among the people and showed them the, 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 the book and then they wrote on that yeah it wasn't an actual so, exhibition yes. yeah no yeah so i made this first dummy at home and i was like then doubting about if i should publish it i didn't publish and publish it and with this dummy i went back to the to egypt for people to write on it and then the um, actual book is an exact reproduction of this um of this dummy with the writings so if I have an exhibition now, what I'm doing is I, again, because I think uh, the conversation should continue. And if I have an exhibition now, I, um, I print another <laughs> empty dummy um, so people can uh, comment on it again. So I, I leave a white and a, a black pen in each exhibition. And then let's say I'm exhibiting this work in Spain. Uh, I showed like the original dummy with people's writings on it from Egypt, but then I have a table there with again the new uh, a new dummy, empty dummy, uh, empty photographs, and people can again write on it. So now I already have let's say maybe eight or nine different books with different ideas. Yeah. Oh, okay, and how do you, how do you decide what you keep? Oh, I keep everything. So it's each time it's a new, uh, it's a new version. So do you think about publishing those like language uh, mutations, like those um, variations, or maybe doing something digital with maybe like a phone pointing on the book and showing mm -hmm. like different, uh, you know, comments? Because I can imagine when you know having that many dummies, uh, it wouldn't fit mm -hmm. into one final publication. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's something to think about. Um, it's it's interesting to see the different comments because people from different countries have different points of views about the same images. Uh, so it's very interesting. I, I would love something with it, but I then <laughs> I don't know. My mind now is another project, but I hope okay. I can come back to this. Yeah, I yeah. think it could be good. It's a little bit like a social media in real time, uh, you know, having yes. the, the comments <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the communications very interesting. Yeah. And I thought, you know, maybe seeing some sometimes uh, when people draw on, on a photos or write on a photos, it's more perceived as an art thing. But this uh, actually uh, helps more the, the document part of thing because, you know, we're sharing the information the, the the people's thought um do you have like a do you have like an i wouldn't say an idea or vision the balance between art and document mm -hmm. because i feel like uh a magnum is a lot about about this you know being a lot of like an mm -hmm. artist organization but also you know documenting important events yeah um I think journalism can be art and art can be journalism in a way. Uh, so I see it as a very blurry line. 
but I never saw myself as a photojournalist. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then you also, I mean, I think you also have the question, but maybe I am, you know, but then you have the question, of course, if, 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 if we see like, what is, I, I think like, what is, can photojournalism be objective? I think that's my, mm. um, I don't think so, I guess, but that's my, that's, I guess the, um, the difficulty that we like, we always have, we choose, like if we make a photograph, we'd still choose what not to show, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I think we shouldn't ignore that someone is making the photograph. Like there's always someone making the picture and that person like, if it's not a machine, you know, can this, can this person be objective? So it's very, yeah. But I think that like art can be a document and the other way around. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. But we have to, we have to be conscious about the fact that it's always mostly a person who's photographing. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, you seem to be very emotionally invested if i can use this term into into your projects and uh, it showed probably more uh, in agatha maybe you know uh, because of spending more time with with one subject but also like you probably form some kind of relationship with the families you are staying with right so can you detach from that mm -hmm. once you leave because i mean it's probably easier for them because you are one photographer right but you are meeting like tens or hundreds of people or families uh, doesn't it mm -hmm. sometimes consume you you know being exposed to so many like relationships and uh, you know things yeah um yes that's uh i mean for me i don't know if i could still do the same project like spending the night each night and then uh, I, I think this is, uh, those are some projects from the past because it's so intense and, uh, uh, it's also intense, like just physically, like you don't sleep well. And so it's not only mentally uh, sometimes challenging, but, um, I don't know. I like, I want to. The difficult thing is that I want to be as a person with the people more than I want to be there as a photographer. But the more, the longer you're taking images or making images, the longer or like the more professional you get, I guess, the more difficult it is to always be there first as a person. And that's when I, my practice was changing as well uh, a little bit. Uh, and I was challenging the medium more, the media. Uh, the medium of photography more but then with Agatha for example and now I'm also doing a project another project about the man Michael I'm like it really becomes part of my life because like with Agatha she became one of my good friends you you kind of feel that like I feel some responsibility mm. as well uh, I feel connected to her i want to solve some like yeah i mean yeah i don't know it becomes more <laughs> was it emotionally yeah was it emotionally yeah. the hardest project you did yes and it still is very challenging yeah do you think uh does it maybe help if the project becomes uh, personal i mean like inevitably uh, when you spend a lot of time with someone, you get closer, like uh, you mentioned. Do you think it helps to get beyond the obvious? Um, well, what do you mean by beyond the obvious? Like, well, like once you, you spend more time with, let's say, in a, in a certain room or with a certain person mm -hmm. at a, or a certain place, you you start to notice things that go more uh, under the surface because, you know, this this happens usually with like a street photography with people just walking around and, and snapping things that you just got like a, I wouldn't say, or maybe like a mundane kind of, kind of shots. And then mm -hmm. you get, you know, maybe deeper uh, into the project and, 
you can maybe judge that if, you know, as the connection or as the relationship gradually, you know, got deeper and deeper, did you feel like your work got better? Um, well, it's more layered in a mm. way, like maybe at first, like with, yeah, maybe with Agatha, it's a good example because at first I thought it would be a project about her mm -hmm. and trying to find her identity with collaborating, but the more we collaborated, the more it also became a project, of course, about the complexity of photography and subject photographer relationship. But to be honest, it also became a project about me. And I think by looking to, to someone, I guess you also, by standing still to someone's life or by photographing someone intensively for a long period of time, of course, then you also stand still by yourself because I think by looking at someone, you look at yourself as well. And uh, that can become confronting, but it's also surprising because, um, and I would never expect this. I, I never expected that it would be so such a personal project. We become such a personal project um, when I first met Agatha. And it became more layered in this way. Like we... And I think if you spend more time and if you listen to the person you're photographing, the project can become about more things at the same time. Like you speak about more and you can reflect on what you had has done have done before. And maybe you can see that you made mistakes and you can correct them and you can I mean, I don't know. I think this project, we are like one important part of the project is the constant self-reflection. And if you do so, you can do it differently in the future, but not erasing what you have done before. So, yeah. I actually don't know if I really answer your questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, like... I feel like you gave me something and then I starting to tell something else no but. no i'm just thinking like probably the 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 obvious answer is is yes you probably get you know more in depth the longer you stay uh with the subject right but you also included i think the the photo on the cover is actually like uh one of the first photos you took of her right if if i'm not mistaken the very first one yeah yeah, yeah. so and then usually like, you know, the notion is the best photo comes to the cover, right? So I thought if, if you felt like the, the <laughs> quality of the work rather progressed or if it was just like, you know, getting deeper into into that person and the, the photography was just documenting that, that progress of you as a person getting closer mm -hmm. with her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's a good question because, um, you know, at Agatha in the beginning, I was searching, I really, I saw, so I, she invited me to her house and I felt like she was posing constantly and she wanted to be seen in a certain way. And I was constantly looking for the real Agatha. And I think this pink image shows this in a way, you know, like for me, this was how I saw her that first day. Like she was like in this, it was like this in-between moment where she was like, really, she wanted to be seen in a certain way, but I wanted to photograph her in another way. And there was this like tension between us. And this first image was like really showing my search for her. And it's tr like search for the real <laughs> Agatha, but it's true that um it's i put it on the cover and it's one of the most maybe revealing images i took of her um but then we started to question you know what is real and can what is the truth and can you like is it not is it not arrogant of a photographer to to like to think that with one with one 
portrait, you can show who someone really is. And then the other images I took of her, it's not only about the photo, like then the rest of the project, it's not only about the photographs, but it also starts to become about the text and about the pictures we don't take and about the um, uh, many pictures we didn't select at first. Uh, but that, yeah, for me, it's special that that pink image, for me, it's an important image and it's, and yeah, it's still one of the images that like really talks about the project. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you can, maybe you can give me an advice. How can you recognize when you, when you meet someone because you met, um, in a bar, in a, in a strip bar, I believe, um, in Paris Mm -hmm. and, uh, I can imagine you probably meet a lot of people. How can you recognize that someone has the potential or is interesting enough for you? Like, for example, when you met the Michael or uh, with with Agatha and you want to pursue a project and maybe stay longer. Mm-hmm. Or is there a case that you do it with a lot of people and just some of them stay? Um, yeah. Um, it's not that I have so many people I, th- I think it's more about i talked about this with agatha a lot like why did we we meet each other or why were we interested in each other and i think it comes it has to come from both sides it's not only me who are choosing someone you know it's a connection and i think you can pass by many people on the streets and do many different projects about people and you can take into someone's life and uh, of many people but I think it's all about time, timing. Like, I think I needed Agatha at that moment in time, and she probably needed me, and we were interested in each other. And that's, yeah, what made us, like, do this. (laughs) And I think with with Michael, it was the same. Michael, I also met on the street, and um, he really wanted to tell his story. And he needed someone to listen to. Like he, he needed someone that listened to his story. And I was there and I was very intrigued in him and in his story and in the images he 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 was showing me. So yeah, I don't know. It's like it goes, it's a conversation that starts. And yeah, because yeah. you know, when thinking about your previous projects, you have to have something to recognize that, you know, someone wants to be photographed right so i i think you probably like developed some kind of uh, maybe skill because like visiting so many families uh also you know meeting those people you can probably i mean maybe you just ask and then see how people react or uh, is it mm-hmm. is it a recognizable thing that some people want to be photographed <laughs> Um, a lot of people want to be seen, I think, um, and want there's like, want to be listened to (laughs) and, um, uh, so I think a lot of people want to be photographed. It's, um, I think it's about, I don't want to convince people that's not in my nature. I think if someone tells me they don't want to be photographed, I don't force them and I don't do it. Um, but I'm I'm also very straightforward, so it's not like I I I I really quickly ask people if I can make a photograph, and then I see how they react, and I really try to explain why I do it and what I'm interested in about, about, and I try to be very honest in that conversation uh, and that makes it more easy mm-hmm. to approach uh, and it's it's like sometimes I also tell them that I'm projecting my story on them and I'm also very honest about mm-hmm. that uh, I think that's important okay so overall notion for maybe people who wants to do even like a basic you know like street portraits and stuff people rather like to be photographed than not you on say. the street yeah no i don't know 
this, but I, I don't take images on the streets okay. because I feel uncomfortable by it um, because I can't really ask their consent. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, I can't have this conversation with them that I like to have. So I don't know. I don't, I don't like to photograph on the streets for this reason. Oh, okay. uh, so I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say that people on the street like to be photographed. I don't like to be photographed <laughs> if I'm on the street. <laughs> so uh, I don't also, I don't want to say that most people like to be photographed. I just want to say that most people like uh, to be seen and like to be listened to. And photography can like be part of that. Okay. But uh, I I don't like street photography. I, I'm not against it, of course, but I'm not. I can't. For me, it's difficult to practice it myself. Okay. Okay. All right. For that reason, let's talk a little bit more about the the format of uh, the the book when you're choosing, and then you. Uh, I think you chose this uh, connected page style uh, already with uh, as it may be, and with Agatha, you decided to print inside of those is the book you mentioned it before like ripping apart those those pages is it meant to be used like that or uh what was the what was the idea behind you know printing uh, on on the places which are not really quite visible right for like regular viewer mm-hmm. yeah i got uh, maybe i can i have the book with me here um can i read something Oh yeah, sure. That is easy to explain. <laughs> I have the book here. I will I will wrap it open. But at the first page, um, Agatha writes something, and that's actually explaining why I'm doing it. I noticed that you are very careful about the reflection of yourself that crystallizes through me. Are you truly following me or just hiding behind me? It was a bit frustrating to see that you erase some parts of our story so that you can portray me the way you want to see me and perhaps the way you want to see yourself. So that's why I decided, like, as I said, like before, you know, the photographer has the power in choosing what story she tells or he tells, but there is an alternate, like another version of that story, I think. And Agatha really pushed me to also show the other version of the story. And that's what is inside of the pages. And for me, I really want people to use it. I I, I kind of feel disappointed if people tell me they didn't <laughs> tear open the pages. <laughs> like, yeah, I but have to say also... I didn't tear down, the, 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 I didn't oh. tear it apart. <laughs> uh, I felt okay, like, you know, I- Okay, you I, missed I poke... part of the story. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. Sometimes somehow it feels wrong to tear apart a book. (laughs) But, you know, if it's meant to be used like that. Mm -hmm. But this is exactly why I do it. So this is exactly why I, I leave it open to the viewer, because I want the viewer to have the same, like, it feels kind of, like, like to have the same, how do I say, um, experience that I have when I photograph, you know, because when I photograph Agatha, she's like pushing me to like photograph these sexual scenes, but I don't want to show those. And why do I don't want to show it? Like, I want the viewer to be at the same dubious, like feeling that I have when I photograph. And like, uh, I, I want to push them like to make this decision for themselves. Like, do you want to do you want to like under see the whole story or do you just want to see part of it? Mm. The easy one. Mm. And sometimes it's more difficult to dig deep because it's confronting. And that's for me the same. And for me, it's also interesting that if I, if I talk to people and listen, if they ripped open the pages or not, it's mostly people in photography, like the world that didn't, Tear mm-hmm. and tear open the pages and people who like are not practicing art themselves uh, are tearing. They don't think about it. You know, they just want to see the whole story and they don't think about the preciousness of the book and they okay. wrap it open. And I think that's very interesting. <laughs> okay. Let's go back a little bit. 
let's talk a little bit about your process. I'm particularly interested in um, your process of how do you get from tens of thousands photos down to just, let's say, um, 50. You already uh, mentioned, you know, the progression uh, through through uh, the exhibitions, but do you have like a particular system to uh, kill your darlings? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, selecting is very difficult. Um, uh, it's also different book or project by project because the what you choose depends on the story. Like with Agatha, instead of showing less images, I showed more. Okay. <laughs> So I did it the other way around because being selective is not serving the story. Um, with other projects, uh, often what I'm doing is like how I select is like I only choose the key images, you know, mm-hmm. like let's say I come back from something and I come back with thousand images. I'm trying to think about like, how can I tell the story in five images? Mm-hmm. And like, I try to be very selective and then I build up again and see what I need. I think that's more easy than start with thousands and go back to ah, 10. Okay. Like, I think it's like, mm. I do it the other way around and see what do I need more. So like creating yeah. and then recreating from um, like the key Maybe like a yeah. few, few few ones that you feel are the uh, the bones of uh, the story. Yes, exactly. Do you have an advice how to stay objective when editing your work? <laughs> um, well, do we need to stay objective? <laughs> uh, that's a question. But uh, well, it's of course important. Like it's really difficult. Editing is very ed- your editing your own work is very difficult because yeah you. You need to take distance for sure from your own work because otherwise, like people need to understand your story. Um, it is difficult. What is helpful is to show it, to sometimes show your work to other people. Uh, it's not only helpful to have advice from other people, uh, but also if you show it, you know better what you want to do at the work because it's kind of sometimes you feel fair like if someone is commenting on the work you get angry or or you get emotional or you get and or if they if you see that they don't interpret it the way you want them to interpret it that's all important information Hmm. that you can use um to then edit again because you mentioned uh, a story of i don't know which project it was that you showed uh, to someone and uh, they said it was uh, quite a happy story and you felt like it it wasn't actually quite a happy story. So then it made you like uh, maybe reconsider the, the presentation mm-hmm. of that. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, or if people... Uh, I'm now ad- actually editing a, n- a new work and it's personal and I want people to interpret it the way I see it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to have people look at it to see if like my message come across comes mm-hmm. across. Um, yeah, but then I think it's also important not to show it to everyone. You know, you have to choose the people okay. uh, that you trust. Um, that's also important to All know right. who you're showing it to. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when, when selecting those images, you pick those which fit to your project, right? But before someone gets into this stage, the images has to have some kind of, you know, baseline quality. Um, do you often think about that, about improving just the basic skills of uh, taking single images? Maybe for someone like who is starting with photography, uh, what, what, what are the steps you do or you did to make your photos, make your single photos better so you can get into this stage of uh, being able to choose I think technically photography is very easy. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not that, uh, I mean, you can very quickly learn the technique, you know. Uh, for me, like once you master that, which you can do in like a few weeks, I think, um, 
for me, it's all about what do you want to tell? Less than it's about the technique um, or like about, for example, I think you should push the limits of your camera. Uh, it's not about material, like you can make very good work with just one camera, one lens. I think that's like a trap a lot of big, like starting or like students fall in that they like, they don't know what to choose. They like are a bit um, like, yeah. So I think it's good to like limit yourself and work within the limits of the, of what you like work within the limits, because then you can be more creative. Um, but then it's all about like, maybe I can tell a story when I was studying, I was very, very, very focused on composition and like the single perfect image. And I already had this, I was doing street photography and I already had like, I, I thought layeredness was very important, you know, foreground, background. I already had this image in my mind before I was actually making it, you know, one person in the foreground, a hand in the back, you know, many layers. And when I was, and I could spend hours on the same place outside for that, to create that image. And then I came home and I had the, the this perfect image I had in my mind, but I was always disappointed. And it was an image that had like, that was good, well composed, beautiful light, the techniques were fine, but I was disappointed because I didn't had, I missed something. And later I realized that I missed like an emotional connection or something. And an image is more than perfect composition, perfect light. So for me, the intention of why you make the image and this relationship with your subject it could be on the street, you know, you could be a street photographer and not make a, have a conversation with your subject, but still I want to feel why you are making the image and I want to feel the photographer in there. And for me, that's what I think makes a good photograph. So I think it's important not only to focus on the single perfect photograph, but see what you're interested in and like, let, like, I don't know, don't think, I know it's difficult not to think that much <laughs> if you're photographing, but the moment you like, let loo like, let it go. And you just do it because you feel, you don't know why, but you feel the urge and you follow your instinct and feeling. I think that's what makes a good image. Yeah. Or that what will lead you. Okay. Yeah. So rather focus on the moment than uh, a composition, you would say? I think composition is important, but it's, uh, um, I'm still really focused on that, but then it's not the only thing. It's like, yeah, focus on, on the moment, I guess. Yeah. Or like on the, yeah. Dic like let your, your, your inner self dictate the image more than what you know about photography. Hmm. Uh, do you think uh, that searching for visual language is the wrong way, that it should appear by itself? You, I mean, like when finding, when trying to find your voice? I think it's important not to be frustrated about, about it. Um, it's definitely good to search not, I don't think it's good to search for your visual language. I mean, I think it's good. I would advise to do the projects that are close to yourself and like, like try to, um, like follow your inner, inner self and your instinct. And I think like you want to, you want to, there's for sure a story you want to get out or an urge to tell something. And if you really stay close to that urge and to that need to tell a story or to photograph something or to understand something around yourself or in your own life or from the outside world, I think the visual language will come by itself because you need it to be able to tell that story. 
So I think it's more important to focus on what you want to say than on like the tech, like on how you're like ah, okay. on language. Yeah. It will come by itself, I think. I hope so. I don't know. I never focus like with myself. I never really thought about it, you know, like. And I know when I was studying that my professor, like th a lot of people were saying, oh, but you, you can't have so much noise in your photographs and maybe you need a better camera or like, don't use the eye, don't push the ISO like this. But I didn't have a better camera. I didn't have the money. I wanted to photograph at night. I didn't always, I didn't have a flash often. So there was the only way to, you know, make that image was to, like push the ISO and, and then I also saw that with having that noise, much noise in the photograph, it also tells something about the atmosphere. So it came a bit like it, like, it, how, like, like this. All right. Um, Thank you. Is it possible to make a living as a documentary photographer? A living without doing assignments? Uh, for me, no. Okay. Um, so I, I support myself, my personal projects by doing assignments in between, uh, to support those. Yeah. Okay. And do you think they also like, they, they, they influence you in a way of your uh, personal projects? Yes. Well, for me doing assignments, that's a very, uh, it's sometimes difficult because I'm, they stress me out <laughs> <laughs> because there's, uh, like. I'm, yeah, I'm very stressed about them because you have a short period of time and you need to deliver and I always take them very seriously. So they take a lot of time as well. And so it's difficult sometimes to find the balance between doing assignments and personal work. So, but they also in a way push you, um, to work fast. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like in my personal project, because no one is waiting for them, you know, like no one is waiting for my next project. No one is pushing mm. me to make the book. No one knows what I'm doing. I don't often talk about what I'm doing when it's really like in this beginning phase. So like being pushed to do these assignments to work a little bit faster is in a way also pushing myself to like not like wait too long to work again on it you know okay um, okay thank so you so this way yes yeah. perfect one advice you would give your younger photographer self my younger photographer self yeah when starting with photography uh wait i need to think about this <laughs> question i'm imagining myself you know i didn't know anything about photography when i started it i didn't even know what magnum was you know and i'm kind of very I never went to a museum or I'm very proud, you know, that I dare to choose like a, um, something that I was very scared to choose. Mm -hmm. So I would tell her, don't be afraid. Like it's, it's fine that like all your, the students next to you know much more than you do. It's fine. You know, it's not about the, the knowledge it's about what you like your the urge and uh, even though if you don't know why uh you want to do something like just try like try to understand it and just do it you know it's it's fine that you don't know uh, you will figure it out along the way and i wished i could have said this to my younger self so i wouldn't be so afraid what have you learned about yourself doing these projects what what influence had those projects on you? Oh, I learned a lot um, about myself, um, especially in the last years, you know. Um, I've learned that um, my projects are helping me to, like they are not just coming randomly you know like i think my subconscious is kind of pushing me to do certain things um so and i think my i learn i think my projects are helping me to deal with 
some things in my life um, that are difficult and helping me to understand um, some choices I made or, or, or helping me to make other choices, you know? And um, so I think I learned to trust myself more. Is that a answer <laughs> to your question? <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> That's maybe not. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's um. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't right. know. I'm still learning a lot. <laughs> Each day I'm learning, and um, I, I, I think it, it, I, I want to tell myself that it's fine to not know as well. You know, the same that I would tell to my younger self, <laughs> I would tell to my myself now. Um, that it's good not to know and it's good to still figure things out and and photography is really helping me uh, if i wouldn't have photography i'm very thankful you know that i have photography i often question the medium but i also feel like i need the medium to find answers and to continue so i'm very thankful to that for that all right so i think we can I think we can end with this. It was very nice to talk to you and thank you for joining me today. Same. Thank you very much for having me and uh, for this nice conversation. Thank you for listening to or watching this interview. If you would like to find out more or if you are interested in buying the mentioned photography books, please visit bkdeporter.com. Check out my previous interview with Martin Parr and I'm sure you're going to like that one as well. I'm looking forward to reading your comments. Until next time.